The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Brett King. Welcome to episode 5 of The Boys of Tech. I'm Edwin Herman and the other host of the show, Brett King. G'day. Howdy. Right, well, it's been a busy week. We've had some big stories and on top of that, you've had to move house. Indeed, indeed. It's been a hell of a week, but it's finally finally finished. (laughs) Yeah, and you've been oblivious to all these stories that have been happening. I've been oblivious to absolutely everything, so this should be very fun. (laughs) Well, our first story tonight is Microsoft is offering $250,000 as a bounty for anyone with information as to who created the Conficker worm. So, and it's actually not the first time they've done this because in 2005, Microsoft paid out a quarter of a million dollars to to two people who, in fact, helped identify the creator of the Sasser worm, which I'm sure you remember quite well. Um, and also, yes. also they've, they've offered on uh, other, um, other incidents as well. Uh, I think the blaster worm, my doom and so big were also um, sort of, you know, there was a $250,000 bounty up for, for a similar thing. So I guess, um, you know, I guess it does hurt Microsoft in a way, but is, is that the best way to deal with it, to offer a bounty? Is that, is that, isn't that kind of like an ambulance at the bottom of the cliff? It is an ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, but it's also part of their, um, you know, a, a deterrent um, to creators of this sort of thing. If they know that there's going to be this large reward out for their heads, then uh, Microsoft thinking would be that, you know, maybe that will stop people from doing these sorts of things. doesn't happen a lot, and it makes some people very rich, but... <laughs> I'd be half tempted to dob someone in for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> it's, it's a nice payout. It is. It is indeed. It'd be pretty stupid to let anybody know that you took anything like this if you didn't trust them well, or at least them worth two hundred fifty grand. Because <laughs> well, quite I, frankly, I, if you'd written something, I'd have to dob you in, Ed. <laughs> Maybe I should. Maybe well, I should. Uh, Maybe I'll collect. No, I can. <laughs> I can proudly say I've never written a worm. Yet. No, I don't think I'd know how. It's a little bit beyond me. I could probably write a, a really simple I could probably write a really simple one that, that just you could tell because you could look at the source code or something like that. A little shell script maybe. Yeah. It's not really a worm. <laughs> You'd be better focused on uh, creating something for the app, iPhone app store. Make some money that way. I think there's a lot more money to be made that way. You're right. You're absolutely right. In fact, uh, uh, just a, a good idea will need you more than $250,000 of that. Um, rumors mm. are that YouTube is killing TechCrunch's downloader. Now, TechCrunch is basically, uh, well, they've got a, a YouTube downloader, which is effectively a website that allows you to punch in a, a URL of, a, of one of the YouTube video pages, and it offers you, you know, it'll send down the uh, video as a download. Now, YouTube really haven't said anything, but uh, you know, it looks as though it's being blocked. Um, it doesn't work anymore. And they say, um, TechCrunch say, hey, we haven't done anything and we're a bit concerned it's not working. But other methods still work. So I don't know, maybe YouTube is is, is slowly, you know, (laughs) 
is YouTube killing them on the sly, or is uh, something else that YouTube's done? Perhaps um, they're changing something in the background, prepping their stuff for their own download service, and whatever that's done has inadvertently stopped um, TechCrunch's method of downloading. Because as you as you say, um, a lot of the other methods things still work perfectly fine. So without YouTube actually coming up and saying something <laughs> for or against or without somebody actually having a good look at what is YouTube doing with their systems in the background, it is all speculation at the moment, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, this, it could have been inadvertent. We, we, don't really, we really don't know. We don't know how the uh, TechCrunch tool works and as you say, maybe it, it works in a particular way with you know, different from the others and... You know, a, a code change at YouTube may have killed that one, but it, it is, um, you know, it is a bit of a coincidence that they are introducing their own download service, and, and I guess that's where people are, why people are, are suddenly thinking, oh, you know, is this going to be the end of of YouTube downloaders? But uh, oh yeah, third party downloaders. So we'll have to watch this. Yeah, space. No. it is a watch the space thing. Yes, definitely. Skype strikes a deal with Nokia. So now, basically, Nokia is the biggest handset manufacturer in, in, in the world. We, we've talked about that before, in fact, I think on our last podcast, uh, we mentioned that. Number yeah. one position by a long and way. And joining forces, <laughs> joining forces with the, not the biggest internet call operator. So. <laughs> Absolutely. This could be huge. Now, this means that you can get Skype uh, software on your Nokia phone. Now, of course, <laughs> you got to wonder, aren't the network operators shooting themselves in the foot? Doesn't it mean you can now make cheaper calls on your phone, particularly if you're on an unlimited plan? I mean, mm. are the network operators going to lose out? Or is it a case of if, if, if Nokia doesn't say yes, then someone else will? And so, I mean... Indeed, know. it is. I, I think it's exactly that. And they've also got the, the added bonus of with Skype being able... Well, with Skype on Nokia phones, more people would buy the Nokia phone, so their market share would increase. And that would all tie in with their um, introduction of their new store. I think it all ties together. Mm, it makes you, yeah, it makes you wonder what's uh, how that's going to work because n- normally network operators make a lot of money. In fact, most of their money on the calls, not on the uh, you know handsets. But uh, it kind of beats me a little bit. Mm. It is an interesting move they've made. I mean, the, the, you know, but I think it's part of that. Yeah. They're just breaching into that that new market. The um, everything's online, so online and connected phones. So using the using their um data networks instead of their um voice networks. By the way, Brett, you're sounding a little choppy. Brett, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Brett's just moved house. He's currently on dial-up until this broadband gets sorted out. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Okay, that's not quite true, but uh, yeah, you sound a little choppy there, but that's okay. We can still understand you, which is fine. Founders of Pirate Bay are up for copyright theft charges, believe it or not. Uh, and what's interesting, though, of course, is that Pirate Bay itself doesn't uh, store copyrighted material. It simply points to where you can find that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, it's kind of a little bit weird, although the update to that story is that the initial charges were copyright theft. They've now been reduced to a charge called assisting copyright infringement, which I, I guess is kind of true, really, isn't it? Mm. It's, well, it's, it's one of those grey areas, really. They don't hold copyright material. They're just pointing to it. But then 
So does Google. So does any search engine out there. It's they can point to copyright material. They might not hold it, but they can point to it. But then and maybe they're just as liable. So who's going to... But then who isn't liable? Well, it it's may, the internet. Well, it may, it may be a case. That, well, maybe a case that we're all <laughs> we're all liable. If I create a link to something, maybe I'm liable too. It's just the fact that no one has brought a case against me. Uh, at least under this is a under Swedish law, remember? So you know, it will vary yeah, around the globe. Yeah. But it just may be that no one's actually brought a case against um, other people or, or Google dot EC, which is Swedish Google. Uh, you know, so yeah. But, What's the but what's to stop from that? If you go from that, then, yeah, um, they're not going against Google for it. Um, there's nothing that Google could do again uh, about it. Um, but then what's to stop them from going against if they got against Google, for instance, or a search engine, any variety of search engine? Um, what is to stop them from going against you and saying you and your website are assisting making available copyright material because you link to Google, which links to <laughs> so, copyright material. Yeah, well, exactly. You link to Pirate Bay. So how Pirate many Bay be- links to copyright material. Exactly. So you are so, assisting making available material. So it starts to get a really fuzzy area, which really, <laughs> what are you going to do? Really? They've got to, they've got to start thinking about copyright and the protecting of these of uh, intellectual property in a different way. So how many degrees of separation do you need before you're no longer assisting? I mean, that's a question. If you go all the way, you can actually say, well, your phone or internet company is liable because they provide you with the internet in the first place. So there you go. And the power companies are liable. Exactly. They allow you to, people well, like that? Because they <laughs> provide you the power to run your computer. And the computer hardware companies are liable because, you know, with a computer, you can, I mean, how far do you go, really? <laughs> so, but anyway, there we exactly. go. Exactly. How far do you go? They're, they're in court. And uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how that one pans out as well. But, you know, they've been in and out of court many times, well, several times before. I, I just like the attitude. Yeah, you know, times really, before they've had I, their stuff seized before. It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really like their attitude though. Every time they get a cease and desist letter from the music uh, industry, they just post it up on their their page saying, "Hey, we received this." Ha <laughs> ha. And do we care? <laughs> they just don't do anything. Yeah. Do we care? No, we are not actually breaching any of those things. <laughs> we are not providing anything. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. It's definitely a grey area. I mean, you know, it's not like there is copyright material on their servers. I mean, there isn't as far as, you know, there's no... That, that's, not, that's not the it's allegation. Nothing. So, you know, it's, I guess it's it's the whole carrier status, you know. Is is the postal company um, liable for, for drugs coming into into the country? I mean, don't, don't you kind of have carrier status? And that's kind of, kind of the, um, exactly. the same analogy, really. Yep. <laughs> you have to wonder until how long it's going to be before the, the recording industry people have vans driving around and they handing out cease and desist notice when they notice you're humming the tune of some latest pop star. Oh, don't give, <laughs> don't give them ideas, Brett. I'll have to edit this bit out. <laughs> this is a good story. On th- Thursday, um, this uh, the week just been, uh, tweets on Twitter were popping up saying don't click. So what you do is if you do click there, because you know whenever you send something that says don't read or don't click or don't do this, people just do it. That's kind of human nature. You click on don't click and it, it basically takes you to a page that includes a button also that says don't click. You click that and it basically sends out an identical tweet throughout you, to all your friends. And of course this just propagates. It's kind of it's like a little Twitter worm really. 
It's it's just a prank. Mm. It's just a, a bit of a prank someone someone created. So what happened is later that very same day, on that same Thursday, Twitter uh, basically fixed the hole that 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 you know was allowing that. Uh, but later again, that very same day, the, the people behind it found another way around, um, and don't click suddenly began began spreading again over the Twitter network. Finally, Twitter, Twitter now say it's fixed. So it's a it's a cat and mouse game, and right now, as of uh, today, Monday, uh, Twitter is winning. But I guess we'll have to see. So, um, <laughs> you know, worms aren't just a Microsoft thing. It's a it can be a bit of a Twitter thing as well. <laughs> they can be an anything thing, but guess, some of them are funny and some of them are malicious. <laughs> I, I like I kind of like this don't click one. I think I this think, one's a little more funny. <laughs> we'd, we'd have to find out who who wrote this and maybe get them on the show if we, if we can. That would be great. Yeah, that would be very interesting. Hey, last <laughs> last time we talked about on episode four, we talked about uh, uh, Microsoft starting their online app store, and guess what? Nokia have done the same now. The reason we I'm, I'm bringing this story up is I mean okay you know we're not going to name them all when they come up but Nokia remember is the number one handset manufacturer by a long margin so their online store could be huge it could be huge could rake in a lot of money for the people who bring in the first brand new widgets <laughs> the people who port stuff from the iPhone to the new Nokia app store. <laughs> I guess I have guess a whole a, new market for all of those things. I guess in a way, Apple must kind of be rather smug and quite pleased, really, about like you know they they kind of started this, and they're watching all these other big players bringing out their app stores, and they must be sitting there thinking, yeah, we 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 did the right thing, you know. Must be quite definitely reassuring. Yep. Yep. They can they can sit back there in their plush chairs, knowing they were the first. <laughs> so, so so long as and it doesn't take their business away from them, because then then they've got a little bit of work to do. Indeed, but that's not going to yeah. It's giving the same functionality which um, iPhone users currently enjoy to, as you said, that large population of people who use Nokia devices. So, but of course it might entice people to stay with Nokia that might have otherwise instead of to switching change. to the iPhone yeah. yes yeah, yeah you're quite right you're quite right so Apple's probably looking at it and they'll have something they'll have something in their <laughs> under their hats they the fact it. they already do they've got that new the, the, the you know the um the cheap iPhone coming out ah uh, yes they, they always what we talked about last time a step or, or half a step ahead really these, those guys and uh, it's interesting yeah. to see what what will happen out of the, uh, as in response, but I mean, I guess it's not a direct competition, but it certainly uh, creates more of a barrier for those wanting to switch. Mm. But mm. it's not it's not directly uh, you know competing in in that sense. No, no, quite right. This story's an interesting one. Uh, a number of people have been a little bit annoyed at you know the snaps that Google have managed to take for their Street View application. <laughs> This story is interesting. Christine and Aaron, and get the surname. The surname is boring. Boring. <laughs> this, this is this is a true story, guys. This is not made up. Christine and Aaron Boring sued Google for twenty five thousand US dollars after photos of their home appeared on the free mapping program. They didn't like it, you see. They accused Google of privacy violation, negligence, trespassing, and unjust enrichment. And that, in fact, here's a quote. They say that it caused mental 
suffering. And get this, the couple (laughs) hadn't even attempted to go through the process which exists and is well publicized by Google to request that the images be removed. They've got a system in place for that. They didn't even bother. Needless to say, the case was thrown out. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on! A photo of your house on the street. Come on, you could just go exactly. there. Exactly. It's it's it's. There's no violation of privacy no. whatsoever. If I was to stand out in the public and take a photo of whatever I can see from where I'm standing out in the public, I can, and there's nothing anything anybody exactly. can do about it. <laughs> if you didn't want me to be catching a photo of you when you're skiving off work or when you're <laughs> having a smoke and your wife doesn't know or when you're doing the naughty <laughs> in your backyard, which is visible from the road, then <laughs> it's your own stupid fault. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's out in the public. <laughs> you put a disguise on or if you're in your backyard, put up a bigger fence or something. I mean, for goodness exactly. sake. Exactly. Exactly. Put up a bigger fence if you want more privacy in your backyard. If it's view- visible from a public space, it's public. I think it's a, a case of just trying it on and, you know, hey, let, we, we could get 25 grand out of this and that's kind of – I mean, surely. No one in their right Indeed. mind would really – suggest that they oh, were you know and, that mental suffering but, was caused i mean come on and, and you've got to wonder how much how much they've spent <laughs> on their attempt to get twenty five thousand oh, dollars i needless to say and, I they'll be trying that again <laughs> Surely <that's> and <laughs> it could have been thrown out as the the judge you know the judge dismissed it threw it away because they hadn't there is a process to request the images be removed Google has that ability. <laughs> the fact that they didn't do it and decided to sue instead, that's an instant dismissal. Well, that just shows really that they're just <laughs> after the money, really. I mean, they're not really concerned yeah. about the fact that the house... Well, they might be, but I think really it's it's just, you know, a bit of a money steal or attempt at a money yeah. steal. That's really I what think it is. so. <laughs> yeah. Well, but funny. <laughs> there, there was another story, actually. It is very funny. There was another story a couple of months ago uh, similar to that where... Uh, basically someone um, on a private road, in fact, I didn't mention this, this story was also you know, on a private road, but it doesn't really matter. Um, someone on a private road uh, claimed that uh, Microsoft had therefore trespassed to be able to take a photo of their house and tried that on, but uh, that didn't work either. Hey, another, another funny story is, uh, is this one. The, the, the website jackass.com uh, is basically being sought after by Viacom. Now, they want to secure the domain name jackass.com because I think they've got a, a TV series or something along the Indeed they've got the, 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 um, the, the jackass um, show mm. So they want the website for that so they try and secure the website but they find out it's basically owned by someone else who's actually happens to be a, a serial cyber squatter so he's got a bunch of these domain names that he knows people are probably going to want and you know sits on them and runs ads and, and so on. So Viacom basically lodged a complaint with the World Intellectual Property Organization. Uh, basically, they're in charge of, of the, these sorts of disputes. And he was hauled in front of them to explain himself. And uh, basically, what did he say? He said, oh, yeah, uh, I'm about to put up a website about donkeys and their contributions to society. That's his defense. <laughs> so basically, he has to show that he's using the domain name legitimately. So jackass.com, yep, a website about donkeys and their contribution to society. I love it. I love it. And they, they let <laughs> it's him go. Hilarious. They said, you can have it. You can have the domain name. So poor old Viacom had to <laughs> register jackassworld.com. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. These people are creative. Um, I love it. It's, yes, it is. It, <laughs> when they can be creative about it, it, it can be amusing. Provides entertainment out there. <laughs> well, let's if, see if, if it anything. actually does. <laughs> if a donkey site does actually <laughs> well, yeah, well, come out of this. <laughs> that would be interesting. I wonder what there is to say. In fact, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just go there quickly right now and see if, see if that's actually happened. I, it's probably a little bit early. But uh, no, it's just uh, ads <laughs> still. So we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye out for this uh, donkey site, and you know. That- yes, <laughs> we'll keep an eye out for the donkey site and see what sort of contributions they have made to society. <laughs> I'd love to know. I'd really love to know. Hey, on to the New Zealand stories now. Uh, Vodafone confirms the first New Zealand release of a G two Android phone. Woo! Excellent. So, yeah, that's good news, I guess. Hey, there's some telecom being left out here. We've got the iPhone. We're getting a Android phone, both on Vodafone. Where's telecom in all yep. this? Telecom's still waiting for their new network, aren't they? Which was why they were holding off on their introduction of the iPhone. Oh, is that why, is that why they're doing that? Yeah, yeah. I, I believe it was that yeah they, they didn't introduce the iPhone straight away because they don't have a network to handle it because they haven't finished the upgrades. So would that be the same for the uh, Android one? I would say so. Probably uses the same networks. Well, the... uh, Not sure. (laughs) You'd have to check that one out. Well, apparently, uh, initially, this this type of phone will be released uh, by Vodafone in Spain, Germany and France uh, and, and also in Italy as well. Uh, but it is coming to New Zealand, and that will be the first Android phone in New Zealand. Although there is, uh, there are no dates and no no pricing plans announced as yet. A little bit early, but uh, oh, well, it's Vodafone's traditional strategy. We won't tell you when it's coming, and we won't tell you how much it'll cost or what the plans will be. But they'll be very expensive <laughs> until a week beforehand, <laughs> and then it will be horrible. Yes, a bit of a shock yes. when you see the, the plans. But that's the way the duopolies work in this country anyway. Indeed. Hey, Brett, did you also hear New Zealand, New Zealand Post? There's a story out there on the wires. They're upgrading to XP. <laughs> and this is not from Vista either. This is not an upgrade from Vista, if you know what I mean. <laughs> what are they upgrading from? <laughs> Hello, XP's been out for <laughs> so long. <laughs> Maybe they're upgrading oh, from DOS dude. 6.5, I don't know. <laughs> Possibly. Oh, they might be getting rid of their old Vax machines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a bit of a concern there. In fact, I think the wheels are falling off uh, New Zealand Post because uh, we've had mail um, addressed to, to, to our place here in Wellington that's been routed through, I think, Tauranga and other places. Also, over the Christmas period, we applied to have our mail put on hold, and it just didn't happen. Apparently, our, we went away on, on holiday uh, on, under the assumption that all our mail would be stopped and it would resume again when we said it would on the 3rd of January. But our neighbours had been collecting our mail because uh, apparently it's, it was still coming through. So I think the wheels are falling off New Zealand Post. Maybe they should have kept their their Windows 3.1 or whatever it is. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Maybe they're upgrading to WinXP. Maybe they need to upgrade their IT people too. (laughs) I'd say they need a bit of that. I've saved the biggest New Zealand story for last. This is uh, Section 92A of the Copyright Act. Uh, there's the continuing uh, protests against this silly section, which basically allows... Uh, people who own copyright material to make a complaint. In fact, just an allegation that someone's downloaded uh, their material 
and the internet service providers have to have a policy for cutting off these people, these uh, users who mm. apparently have downloaded their, their material with or without proof. So uh, what we've just seen is a week of blackout, or they call it a blackout week, where basically blogs and social net photos on social networking sites have been blacked out. Um, in fact, even Stephen Fry, the, the comedian, has joined in as well. He's blacked out images on his social uh, network sites. Uh, and also now uh, there's also a copy wrong song being made. So you can download the copy wrong song. It's free. It's a free song. You're allowed to down- download the song. <laughs> <laughs> um, so th- this is basically a-, a week of protests against it. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see whether it has any effect. But uh, you can mm. take a- if anything, take a listen to the copy wrong song. Have you listened to it, um, Brett? No, no, I haven't listened to it yet. It's currently downloading. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, t- I tell you what, I, I don't know where this thing's going to go, but I really, do- I really would hate to see this piece of legislation come in. I really would. It is a horrible, draconian, impossible to <laughs> police piece of legislation. <laughs> it's, you know, it's one of the worst, most poorly written things I've ever read. <laughs> you, you, you know, you um, you mentioned, I think, uh, a couple of episodes ago that under this new section, I would be uh, defined as an internet service provider because I operate a website where material can be downloaded, uh, which is really silly. So, in fact, according to this law, I have to have a policy for cutting off people. Oh, indeed, for indeed. Off, well, for cutting off my users, <laughs> that is, which I don't have any users. I've only got, well, the general public to which I offer. Uh, look, this just makes no sense. It's, a comp- <laughs> it's just, a, it's just a, what are these people on? <laughs> <laughs> I think they were on nice fat checks from the recording. Well, you got to wonder. <laughs> you got to wonder. No one else. It's the <laughs> only, it is, it's got to be the only reason that piece of writing ever ever came to be or it was written by preschoolers who were drunk (laughs) that's probably that's probably more like it now originally it was introduced by Labour Judith Tizard was a minister who introduced that in a fit of sanity they actually removed that section but when it was reintroduced for the vote uh, Judith Tizard um, brought that section back so it makes you wonder who she's sleeping with (laughs) indeed Anyway, I'll tell you what, we're going to go out on the copy wrong song. There it is already. Here's the the intro to it. So, look, thank you very much. It's been a great uh, episode. Uh, Brett, thank you again for uh, hosting this show with me. And uh, have a listen to the song. (laughs) We'll play this instead of the uh, usual, usual outro. And we'll see you all again next week. Thank you very much. There used to be free speech, yeah.